the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Morgan Zeggers. I figured I'd start out with giving you uh, example A of why I will be homeschooling my kids. Me telling my students, my XBF texted me. Are you ready? So, there I was minding my own business and guess who texted me last night? My... My ex-boyfriend, he said, he said, I wish I, I, every single night I wish that I could text you, but I just don't frowny face. He's definitely sus for sure. I didn't, I didn't text him back. Should I? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, that's just one of the many, many, many examples of why I'll be homeschooling my babies in the future. Um, you guys, I'm looking at this. We'll talk about it a little bit more in a second because I want to just give you a little heads up of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about education. I found a crazy video from apparently many years ago of Congresswoman Maxine Waters saying she wants to socialize the energy industry in America slightly concerning and now that video is back and making its rounds on social media so of course i have to talk about that i mean i run a non-profit called young americans against socialism baby come on um and then we have uh pedo pete is currently trending on twitter because as i was refilming the last episode on the fact that hunter biden a linked company to him that he owned stock or stake in as of 2015 when he bought it uh, 1.7 or so billion dollars in a chinese communist company joe biden's administration just sent them almost 1 million barrels from the u.s oil reserves so I was telling you that story, and as that is happening, it turns out 4chan hacked into Hunter Biden's iCloud and started releasing videos and text messages and uh, some interesting things. So we're going to go over that. And then even more weirder, I mean, wow, these are all kinds of topics. Joe Rogan shared a headline that said, Disturbing weed killer ingredient tied to cancer found in 80% of urine samples. So I want to talk about that because just like last episode, I told you guys I really care about the toxic chemicals that we're putting in our body. I think conservatives need to start caring a lot more about that. COVID definitely opened our eyes to the fact that we can't trust big companies. We can't trust big pharma. We can't trust big tech. And we cannot trust government agency in the first place to have our best interest and our children's best interest in mind, in their hearts. Instead, there are some evil factors playing into a lot of the policy decisions that are made in Washington, D.C. And I am always monitoring this stuff. Let's just say that. Um, So with that being said, let's get into it and I'll talk a little bit more about this teacher. Okay, so I just want to say thank you for listening, and if you haven't yet, please subscribe, and and if you haven't left a review, apparently the worded reviews really help me out, so I would appreciate if you could leave one. Thank you very much. Um, Let's play this little clip again from a teacher, because this is just one. Of course, it's from Lives of TikTok, my favorite uh, 
social media account, but it's of a teacher. She looks like 20. Maybe she's 22, 23, but she looks wildly young. And from what you can hear, I mean, she she says that her ex-boyfriend texting her is sus. If you're listening and confused by that, that's short for suspicious. And I just want to play it and then we'll talk a little bit more. Me telling my okay, students, my XBF texted me. Are you ready? So, there I was minding my own business, and guess who texted me last night? My, my ex-boyfriend. He said, he said, I wish I, I, every single night I wish that I could text you, but I just don't frowny face. He's definitely sus for sure. Why don't you get back up? I didn't I didn't text him back, should I? Yeah. I mean you send your kids to school with the assumption that they're gonna become smart, capable little humans that develop into normal sized humans that contribute to society. Um, how silly were we to assume that that's what schools would do? What's crazy to me is that teachers are so distanced from this original concept of education and classrooms and teaching that the teachers share these insane clips onto social media and don't see anything weird about the fact that they're exposing themselves for behaving this way in the classroom. I have a few thoughts. The first one, this is similar to cartoons. I don't know if you guys know this. I love looking at childhood development and learning about how children learn, learning about how they develop their stages, even in the womb and then up until they're they're teenagers and their brains are finally starting to finish uh, forming, which guys, their brains are still forming at like 25. Um, So that's kind of fascinating. But I started doing it when the politicians on the left kept telling us that our kids were going to be resilient, that they would bounce back even in the shutdown of years and years, shutting down school, making them stare at Zoom screens for school, quote school, for years at a time. I just started to not really believe them. And I I mean, I was 22, 23 when COVID was first starting. So I, I didn't have kids. I don't have kids now even, but When I was hearing that, I'm like, you know, I'm not a mom and I don't have kids, but I just feel like maybe that's not how kids operate. So I started looking more and more into it. And what do you know? It turns out kids are not resilient in that way. They will suffer from these kind of shutdowns. They are innocent little human beings that need to be guided into how to correctly participate in society. Instead, you have adults now saying that they're resilient and will bounce back. They can choose to change their sex and cut off their breasts and make it so that they, like if you cut off your breasts as a teenager when you're all messed up in your head and you don't know much about life and you're saying you want to change your sex organs and then you actually do it because adults now are not only complacent with it but actually making it happen and pushing for children to do this you're going to have some major regrets in the future when you can't have kids or you can't breastfeed and you face major struggles so i think that's child abuse first of all But in the general scheme of how children develop, children develop by learning behavior and children develop by seeing and imitating the behavior of the people around them. And so how you act as an adult and especially as a parent around your kids actually uh, is then portrayed in the actions of your child, even at very, very, very young ages. So my first thing that always comes to mind when I see this terrible behavior like this being displayed by teachers is similar to that of the cartoons, where when I see cartoons, of course, they're the creepy woke stuff these days. And I see apparently that that's what kids are watching now. 
I'm not only disturbed by the wokeness, but I'm also disturbed by the behavior and the immaturity and the whininess, the brattiness that's shown by children in the cartoons that are supposed to be seen by kids. Because the more that I learn about kids developing, the more I see that they really do just learn by imitating actions that they see. So when I see this kind of cartoon behavior of kids that are supposed to be their age as cartoon characters on the screen, I just go, wow, that's that's actually teaching some really bad examples. And I was talking to this woman, Claire. I love her and her husband. They're, they're homesteaders, and, and he's very involved, and she's very involved in her way, and she's really proud to be a mother, and, and she always shares really helpful tips and stuff for women that want to be moms one day or women that are mothers. It's a really cool page. I think Claire Elizabeth is. Maybe I'll link it. Um, but I was talking to her about this, and she said, I have the same concerns with these cartoons because they're teaching terrible day-to-day behavior and treatment of parents, and they're teaching kids to be snotty and to talk back and to embrace the worldly culture. So that's something that I saw, but what then caught my eye after I'm already seeing this teacher thing is this video is making the rounds now on social of these little tiny black kids in, I don't know, some looking city, and they're they're screaming at police officers. And I commented on it because that kind of stuff really breaks my heart. And so I commented on it and I said, those children deserve so much more because it's these tiny, tiny baby kitties. It looks like they probably shouldn't even be able to like talk. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a mom, so I don't know the stages yet as well as maybe others do. But I look and I'm like, how do they even know how to say all those big words? Because they're swearing at the police officers. They're punching the police officers and they're like three feet tall. They're these tiny little kids, and they're violent, aggressive, mean, swearing, uh, uh, in this abusive pattern. And when you see that, what was crazy to me is that there were so many comments saying, "Ah, oh, those little snots," and they need. That's what happens when you spare the rod, and uh, all these things, kind of attacking these little tiny kids as if they were the problem. Those kids, if you see a child behaving like that. That means that that behavior that they are displaying right there, the violence that those little tiny kids were showing, the hitting of of other people, the shouting, the screaming at other people, and the talking down of other people, that means that that is their everyday life in their home. That means that that's their everyday environment, and now they are a representation of that environment because kids learn by imitating. They learn by watching and then imitating. And that's what's so heartbreaking about it. That's why I said that those kids deserve so much more. And people are in the comments going, what the heck is she talking about? Those are snot kids and those are evil and they're going to grow up and they're going to end up in jail. Yeah, that's the whole point is given their circumstances, they are being raised under violence and horrible, horrible circumstances. And it's creating more kids and generational trauma and generational problems that not only that community, but our society, our country has to deal with. And so this is something that I, you would think conservatives that are 
you know, pro-family and we're all about making sure that people are empowered, you'd think that we would look at that and understand that basic concept, but I saw a lot of really mean comments. Now, again, it all goes back to the environment that you are surrounded in. Unfortunately, a lot of kids are put in environments where then they start imitating terrible behavior. Um, Getting back to the teacher thing, though, one last thing is that this is another great representation of how terrible the school system is. So that is why I will be homeschooling. It's not just the curriculum that's a problem. It's not just the woke ideology and critical race theory that's also being put in and the terrible prioritization of woke ideology Instead of teaching the important basics that every human being should know, every student should learn, the school is focused on indoctrinating our kids. So I see a ton of issues with how we're teaching multiple different topics in the classroom or you know, how we're not properly teaching these things at all. Um, of course, that's with America's founding, and, and you can list off a ton of different problems, but I specifically care about us learning about radical leftism, uh, socialism, communism, government tyranny in modern day and what that looks like because now when we hear these same similar radical leftists that promise the same things all leftists have promised throughout history and then try the same policies that all leftists have tried throughout history and then what do you know it's not going to work again our country's going to struggle massively suffer massively and many people will also suffer because of it and i find it incredibly important that we fix how we teach about the 20th century and the rise of socialists and communists throughout that history. Um, so that's why at my nonprofit, we interview survivors from socialist and communist countries. What really is crazy to me right now is this video of Maxine Waters, because I look at all the different countries, right? Unfortunately, the left has properly indoctrinated, especially people my age, to laugh at one specific country, and that's Venezuela. The left has so successfully indoctrinated the American population through school, college, especially in the college system, they make fun of Venezuela. But in the mainstream media, in pop culture, you even see it too. Venezuela's history, and and I mean recent history, of electing democratically a democratic socialist, his name was Hugo Chavez, into power. Chavez came to power, seized the means of production of the oil industry, okay? When you seize the means of production, it means the government takes over the private oil industry. So the government now owns it. So to socialize something means to nationalize, means to seize the means of production of that industry. That is socialism. Socialism is the economic step of the radical left rising to power. It leads to communism. And they say, a lot. I mean, even Lenin said it, that socialism is that important step to get to communism. It's because really when you control the money, you control everything. And socialism is that economic step of the left rising to power. They take control of the major industries. So after Venezuelans democratically elected Hugo Chavez, um, eh, 20 years ago, I could say in Venezuela, they seized the means of production of the oil industry. Venezuela was the most oil-rich country in that continent, and they had a massively successful and rich industry, and the government took it over and said those evil rich people have to be controlled. The country collapsed. The economy collapsed. The government started to become more and more centralized as the socialists that were at first democratically elected began ending uh, security measures in the government and packing the court and massive inflation set in. And then what's so crazy is when I interview survivors from socialist Venezuela, they talk about how they grew up 
a regular middle-class family in Venezuela and then were able to, over their uh, handful of years, especially for the people that are teenagers and and in their 20s right now, they grew up in middle-class, regular lifestyle Venezuela, saw the downfall of the country, especially as Maduro came to power, and then now it's a completely destitute place. So you saw the collapse of that country in a matter of two decades once the government seized the means of production. So with that being said, it's crazy when the left says, oh, we won't end up like Venezuela. We're going to end up like Nordic Europe because Nordic Europe is capitalist, private economies, but massively huge social government programs. It's different from socialist Venezuela because they still have the capitalist economy. They just have huge government programs and very high taxes. So what the left will do is they'll say that we want socialism in America. We have to bring down capitalism, but don't worry. We won't end up like Venezuela. We want to end up like Nordic Europe. That's what our policies will make us like. But then if you just look at something like the Democratic Socialists of America website, DSA uh, is their acronym. It'll easily explain that, yeah, they want to make it so that the government owns Major, com- major companies and major industries in our economy. They want to end private ownership of these things and make it uh, collectively owned. So that's another buzzword for you guys. Uh, socialists, instead of admitting that the government will be in control of these things, they try and hide it by saying it's collectively owned, worker owned, community owned. In reality, the government takes control of these things and then says, well, yeah, the people own it, but we represent the people and we are the government. We're just going to manage it for them. <laughs> it's a mess. Um, so with all that being said, they tell us, don't worry, we won't end up like Venezuela. But it doesn't really take much digging to do things like find the Democratic Socialists of America website where they admit to these things. Or to, I don't know, just look on the internet. Because you guys, in the wake of this insane gas price hike that we're seeing and in all this inflation and the the struggle of american energy right now a clip from quite a few years ago is going around the internet of congresswoman maxine waters i want you to look at this to the american people because of the inaction of the united states congress ever increasing prices unless the demand comes down and the five dollars will look like a very low price in the years to come if we are prohibited from finding new reserves, new opportunities to increase supplies. And guess what this liberal would be all about? This liberal will be all about socializing, uh, um, would be about basically taking over and the government running all of your companies. Bam. Did you guys hear that? So this is an audio podcast, so you weren't able to watch that, my bad. But if you notice a few things here, she begins to tell the entire room that she wants to socialize. Uh, uh, did you hear? She, she pauses. She begins to say that she wants to socialize the oil industry. That is what Venezuela did. So she pauses, and you watch her face, and the other Congress people in the room are staring at her because they know that they just got her to admit what is usually not said out loud. The left never usually uses that language because then people like me and people like you immediately call them out for it and say, you evil sickos, you evil flat earthers of economics, you evil sickos. 
And so they avoid that kind of language. Well, in the video, she busts herself by accidentally saying that she wants to socialize the oil industry, hesitates, and then continues to complete her sentence. But even even funnier is, first she says socialize, and then she goes and further explains she wants to take over the oil industry. At that point, I'm watching the video. It's so crazy to watch the interaction because you could tell the people on the right side of the aisle are like, oh, man, what a moment. They never admit this kind of stuff. So this video is going around. Again, it was Maxine Waters, congresswoman from California, admitting that she wants to seize the means of production. Now, she is a major player in more left-wing politics in America. And so just so you guys know, uh, the interviews that I do for my nonprofit, if you go to thefreedomrecords.com, those are available. This week's is actually, it's kind of crazy, this timing of the video being released and the gas problems that we're having right now. It's with Gabby Franco, who was a Venezuelan Olympic shooter on the Olympic shooting team. And she talks about how she was warned by Cubans when she was in Venezuela that, hey, this Chavez guy, and this is decades ago, this Chavez guy, he sounds like Castro. And we fled after Castro destroyed our country. You should be more careful about what he's saying because he's promising the same stuff as Castro. And Gabby tells the camera, everybody around me, everybody in Venezuela said, oh, it can never happen to us. We're not an island like Cuba that was isolated. And, you know, when the the bad guys came, we got easily taken over. And then it's hard to infiltrate the country at this point. We're not like that. We're not like that because we're rich. We're oil rich. We have all these natural resources. It could never happen to us. And she, on the interview, is saying, I, I really can't wrap my head around how Cubans tried to warn Venezuelans. I listened, and I was one of the only people. And I left for America, and now I'm here in America a handful of decades later. And what do you know? I'm giving the same warning to Americans, and I'm also being told, hey, it could never happen here. We're not like Venezuela. It can never happen here. We're not like Cuba. How many times in this dang pattern do we have to keep going? is the question. So crazy timing, but Gabby Franco's amazing. She's now, I don't need, I don't want to swear, but um, an American badass, if you ask me. Um, very, very cool if you look her up. Gabby Franco, she was on, um, what's that top? I don't know what it's called. Top Shot? Gabby Franco Top Shot. Let's see if something comes up. Yeah, Gabby Franco Top Shot. She was on that show, and she's just done a bunch of really cool stuff, and she just is nonstop always working. So if you look her up, awesome woman, and if you want to watch her story on the history of Venezuela and her experience, especially the stories from Cubans when she was back in Venezuela and they're trying to warn her, it's at thefreedomrecords.com. It's my nonprofit. It's my passion, and we are doing these because this kind of stuff is not taught in the American classroom. That's why I do it, because we're filling the gap of what the school system does not teach our kids. And so I'm trying to get these videos in as many classrooms as possible. I'm trying to work with private schools and charter schools and homeschool pods and homeschool parent networks. I'm trying to do that as much as I can, but it's really hard. And so if you guys have any connections, please let me know. And then what I'm also doing is I'm just making them available on the internet so that families can, maybe after dinner, I'll sit and watch the story. It's more of a story. It's more of an inspirational, character-focused story than it is um, some aggressive 
policy interview, if you know what I mean. And so I really hope that more younger children are watching these. And I hope that maybe you'll watch them with your family too. I think Gabby's is definitely more family friendly. I'm also, you guys, I should, before I move on, I should say I'm making child friendly versions of all of the episodes. Um, and they'll be out soon on the website under like Morgan approved kid versions, because some of those stories get a little aggressive. If you know what I mean, if you're familiar with the history of communism, then you, you would understand why there needs to be some Morgan-approved versions of some of the stories. But with that being said, make sure that you're talking to your kids about these important topics. Don't depend on the U.S. government to properly teach your kids, and don't depend on these crazy early 20-something-year-old teachers that are telling your kids about their ex-boyfriends and calling them sus. Okay? Just do me a favor and do that. Now, speaking of trusting the government, this is an interesting one. Uh, Like I said before in the last episode, I really, really care about ingredients. I care about making sure that I don't have a ton of crazy stuff in my body because I found out that uh, toxic chemicals that are living in your body from the foods you eat and the things you consume and the things that are in the air, all the bad stuff, it actually just lives in your body. And then when you're pregnant, it can pass from your body through the placenta into your child's developing body. And that terrified me. So on behalf of my future children, I care about it quite a lot. Now, here's the thing, ladies, it turns out men and women, we can detox and get a lot of this stuff out of our body. One of the first ways to do that is to stop consuming any of the food that is literal poison. Uh, that's one one good step. Stop adding to the supply that is saved up in your body and then there are other things you can do to also detox Um, but the thing is you cannot detox and do that process once you're pregnant so it's too dangerous for the baby it's too risky if you're a young woman and you want to have babies soon one day then you should really consider looking into detoxing and taking steps to do this because I really really do care about this and I think it is serious now Joe Rogan posted like I mentioned earlier, an article saying that weed killer ingredient tied to cancer was just found in 80% of U.S. urine samples. That is wild. I wanted to read you guys this article. It's from The Guardian. I know, The Guardian. Um, But it says, more than 80% of urine samples drawn from children and adults in a U.S. health study contained a weed-killing chemical linked to cancer, a finding scientists have called disturbing and concerning. Okay, so the report is from the CDC, and they tested 2,300 urine samples, and it turns out more than 80% of them had detectable traces of glyphosate. This is the active ingredient in herbicides sold around the world, including the widely used Roundup brand. Almost a third of the participants were children ranging from 6 to 18. Academics and private researchers have been noting high levels of herbicide glyphosate in analyses of human urine samples for years, but the CDC has only recently started examining the extent of human exposure to glyphosate in the U.S., and its work comes at a time with mounting concerns and controversy over how pesticides in food and water impact human and environmental health. Both the amount and prevalence of glyphosate found in human urine has been steadily rising since the 1990s when Monsanto Company introduced genetically engineered crops designed to be sprayed directly with Roundup, according to research published in 2017 by University of California San Diego School of Medicine researchers. Paul Mill, the lead researcher of the study, said at the time that there was, quote, an urgent need for a thorough examination of the impact on human health from glyphosate in foods people commonly consume. 
More than 200 million pounds of glyphosate are used annually by U.S. farmers in their fields. The weed killer is sprayed directly over genetically engineered crops such as corn and soybeans and also over non-genetically engineered crops such as wheat and oats. And this is to dry out crops prior to harvest. Many farmers also use it on fields before the growing season, including spinach growers and almond producers. It's considered the most widely used herbicide in history. Residues of glyphosate have been documented in an array of popular foods made with crops sprayed with glyphosate, including baby food. The primary route of exposure to children is through diet. Monsanto and Company Monsanto and the company that bought it in 2018, Bayer, have maintained that this and Roundup products are safe and that residues in food and in human urine are not a health risk. They are at odds with many researchers and the International Agency for Research on Cancer, which classified glyphosate as a probable human carcinogen in 2015. Now, here's the thing. The EPA, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, has taken the opposite stance, classifying glyphosate as not likely to be a carcinogen. But the last month, interesting. Wait, let me see this. But last month, so this is recent, just last month, a federal appeals court issued an opinion vacating the agency's safety determination and ordering the agency to give further consideration to the evidence of glyphosate's risk. It says people of all ages should be concerned but I'm particularly concerned for children, said Phil Landegren, who worked for years at the CDC and EPA and now directs the Program for Global Public Health and the Common Good at Boston College. Children are more heavily exposed to pesticides than adults because pound for pound they drink more water, eat more food, breathe more air. Children have many years of future life when they can develop diseases with long incubation periods such as cancer. This is particularly a concern with the herbicide glyphosate. So when you look at most of the information online, there's a lot of obscurity. There's a lot of, well, we just don't know. And that's what I mean to tell you guys is perhaps there's something concerning about how gray this subject really is. Um, This, to me, is very important to some people. It's not important at all. But I will tell you this. I try to avoid these things at all costs now. I care about this a lot. And I am going to really, really try to make sure that if I got pee tested, there would be no glyphosate in my pee. And in my future kids' pee, there will for sure not be glyphosate because I will care very much about the products that I put into my family's bodies, if that makes sense. Um, I do think that this is a very conservative approach to take. It is the conservative thing to do, to be individual and family-focused and weary of what the government says is safe and okay for us to be using in our bodies. That's all I'm going to say there. Um, Let's move on. All right, last story. We got Pedo Pete. (laughs) It's from the Daily Caller. Pedo Pete, massive 4chan hack of Hunter Biden's explicit text, images, videos, rocks the internet. Um... Funny thing is that that Joe Biden just got asked about this publicly, and uh, there's a clip of it, so I'll play it for you. I'm dealing with gun violence. What do you think about Hunter? Because make no mistake, sit down, you'll hear what I have to say. What do you think think about Hunter? You're done. There's a video of him arguing with a cooker about how much crack he has. What do you think about that, Mr. President? 
Okay? Because make no mistake about it. That's right, folks. Footage and screenshots started circulating online Saturday night that are reportedly from Hunter Biden's iCloud account. 4chan users claimed they hacked the First Son's personal iCloud account. The Washington Examiner reported, although the source of the material has not been verified. Now, they have to say that of like, oh, the source of the material hasn't been verified. But you guys, it's it's videos of Hunter's face and body. <laughs> so it's, it's him. Um Social media users have spread the explicit content across a variety of social media platforms. Several videos show Biden walking away along on a beach and consuming drugs in the shower with a woman who refers to him as her, quote, future baby daddy. What a romantic term. I'll try it out one day. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Another video purports to show Biden arguing with a prostitute about the amount of crack he had in his possession. So this is the video I told you guys about last time. That video only shows Biden's face for a moment, although his pose with a cigarette matches previous content. In another, Biden appears to slide naked into a pool and swim up to a woman filming him. Hunter's father, President Joe Biden, I love when they do that. They call him President Joe Biden, just as a friendly reminder, also reportedly loves to skinny dip, according to author Ronald Kessler, who wrote in 2014 that being assigned to Joe Biden's detail is considered the second worst assignment to the Secret Service. Listen, I actually think that the the first worst might be Hillary Clinton. That's what I heard. Um, The leak also included a series of text messages allegedly from Biden, which suggests that he and his father own a number of guns and that he stole upwards of $100,000 from his ex-wife. Charming lad. Breitbart News reported Wendell Husbo shared a screenshot of what he claimed was a contact in Hunter Biden's phone listed as Pedo Peter. (laughs) And then if you look at his phone, you guys, there's like screenshots of the messages and it's like Jill and Pedo Peter. Blah, blah, blah. And Pedo Peter. And it's pretty clear Pedo Peter is Joe Biden. And then this says uh, they're alleging that it's President Joe Biden, not only from those messages and the screenshots, but due to previous usage of the pseudonym Peter Henderson for Joe Biden. Several verified media users are now referring to the president himself as Pedo Peter, including Republican Florida congressional candidate Laverne Spicer. (laughs) What is politics today? What is it? Um, listen, you guys, I don't know. Uh, one thing that I want to say is that I don't delight in the sharing of people's private information in this way. Usually, uh, I don't think, oh, somebody had a picture leaked. We must, we must talk about it and make fun of them and, and expose a very private, intimate thing that just got hacked. No, in general, I don't support that. But in a situation like this, when these are videos of Hunter Biden, the son of the U S president, with Russian hookers that he often owes a lot of money to and is in a compromised position because he owns so much money to them and has owed money to them and was around them when he was seriously under the influence of doing massive amounts of drugs and owns firearms and in combination with all of the inappropriate personal sexual stuff with concerning foreign people also has things like 10% for the big guy and description of business dealings that have to do with his father's presidential and vice presidential statuses, well, then I do think it is worthy to be discussed on a show like mine. So that is why we talk about it. Is that good? I wouldn't just expose anybody. 
Um, and I do think it's important to make sure that people in politics have some privacy in that way. But this is a whole other level. This guy still gets invited to White House events. This guy has his dad completely ignore any reporter questions about this very valid and seriously concerning situation. So we have to keep pressing. We have to keep asking. We have to find out how compromised is Hunter Biden and how compromised is Joe Biden. If you ask me, it looks like communist China did some serious work over the last few years, and now they are cashing in on that purchase. Um, What else would you think after looking at what's happened under Joe Biden's leadership? This is not incompetent behavior by Joe Biden and his administration. This is just straight up intentional, if you ask me. With that being said, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I hope that caught you up to speed on what's going on in the country. And uh, yeah, if you guys like the show, please subscribe. Please share it. I appreciate it. We need everybody to start paying more attention to these issues. Thanks for listening. Uh, Bye-bye. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.